Story and a song, story and a song, words and music, they belong. Story and a song, story and a song, hope that you will sing along. Kia ora, I'm Tanya Bad. And I'm Peter Forster. And we'd like to welcome you to A Story and a Song, a storytelling podcast for children from the Batcave. Here we go. Well, now because it is our Sawain and Halloween, and we thought we might tell a scary story. Oh, no, not a scary story. Yeah. Well, hopefully Lena and Gregor won't be too scared because <laughs> they're as worried about scary stories as you are, Bat-Lamb. In fact, we, wasn't, we weren't just going to tell a scary story for the sake of it because this is a batty story. A batty story? Yeah, because Pete and I are going down to New Zealand's National Bat Conference to tell stories this week. Oh, am I coming? I don't know. We can discuss it. Oh, I got, I got my costume on. Yeah, I can see that. I'm the Bat Lamb. Yeah, I'm not sure if the bat scientists have ever heard of a Bat Lamb. <laughs> yeah, but if I went, then they would know about a Bat Lamb. They would. It'd be a whole new research paper. So this is one of the stories that we're going to tell because I love collecting stories about bats. Some of you came along to the Batathon that we did and we actually told this story at the Batathon, but it is one of the scariest bat stories, even though Tanya doesn't actually believe that bats are scary. Lots of people are scared of bats, though. I'm not scared of bats. Are you scared of bats, Pete? No. Bats are cute. Yeah. Very cute. <laughs> and you can find bats just about in every country in the world. In fact, the only continent that there aren't any bats on is, can you guess? Um, is it a cold place? It's quite a cold place. It's the um, Antarctic. That's the only place where bats don't live. Wow. There's a lot of bats then. Yep, there are a lot of bats. So this story comes from Canada and it comes from the First Nations people, uh, the Cree people. So you better you gonna? Who are you gonna snuggle up with? Um, well, I might snuggle. I might just snuggle here. Don't make it too scary, though. All right, not too scary. <laughs> so this story started on the edge of a forest. Mm. Are you ready out there for a scary story? Yeah. <sighs> And on the edge of this forest, there was a village. And of course, there were people who lived in that village and they had a close relationship with the forest because the forest was where all the food and resources they needed came from. And every day, the people would go into the forest. They would go looking for things to eat, nuts, berries and mushrooms. They would go hunting in the forest with their bows and their arrows. And they would go and collect firewood from the forest to stoke their fires, to keep them warm and to cook their food. But the thing was that sometimes when people went into the forest, they didn't come back. Oh no, what happened to them? Uh, well, that's what the story is about, Bat Lamb. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it was somebody's brother, sometimes somebody's cousin, even a grandma or two disappeared. 
friends and family went into the forest and were never seen again. Well, one day all the people in the village gathered together and they said, we are going to have to do something about people disappearing. It's not good. What's happened to these people? And so they went to Ayasi. Now, Ayasi was the strongest and the bravest person in that village. And they said, Ayasi, will you go and find out what has happened to our friends and our family? And Ayasi, being strong and brave and a bit of a hero, he agreed. And so off he set the next day into the forest with his bow and his arrow and his knife. And he walked 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 and he walked. And he walked. <gasps> All through the morning, into the afternoon. And the day was growing late when he came to a clearing. And in that clearing was a rough kind of house that was built out of big rocks. It looked a little bit like a cave. The rocks were dark and there was an opening and scattered around the opening of this lair were lots of bones, pale and white, human bones. And there by the entrance was a great stack of skulls, human skulls. And as Ayasi looked, he suddenly had a sinking feeling that now he knew what had become of all those people from the village who had never returned. For this lair belonged to two ancient ogresses monster women whose bodies were covered in fur, whose teeth were sharp, whose fingernails were long. And there on their elbows grew great spikes like knives. And they were so old that they had become blind. They could no longer see, but they had a very keen sense of smell and touch. And they liked to eat people. <gasps> Got a word for that, haven't we? Do you know what the word is? Not very nice! <laughs> no, yes, okay, scary that, that, yes, scary people. Uh, cannibals. People who eat other people are called cannibals. <gasps> well, Ayasi saw all of those bones, so he knew that he literally had to tread very carefully. So he picked his way across the bones to the entrance of the home. And he stood there, careful not to bump or rattle the skulls. And he peered inside, and in the darkness he saw, in the centre of the room there was a fire. And huddled around that fire were the two old blind ogresses. And it looked like they were asleep. When one of them lifted her head and said, I 
smell food. And the other one, she lifted her head and she said, You always smell food. You're always thinking of your stomach. No, I, I smell human food, said the first. And she sniffed again. Oh, you are just hungry, said the second. Here, sister, have some of this. And the second ogress, she reached into the darkness of that cave-like dwelling until she found a good, and she put her hand with the long nails in and she scooped out a handful of fat and she threw it down on a plate that lay between the two of them. But before, her sister had a chance to scoop it up and eat it. Ayasi, silently and skillfully and stealthily, he jumped out, grabbed the fat and slipped back into the shadows again. And the first sister said, Well, you're talking about food, but where is it? Give me something to eat. I've already given you something to eat. It's on the plate. I tried the plate. There was nothing there. You must have missed the plate. It must be on the floor. Give me another. <gasps> so for a second time, the sister Ogre, she took a big handful of fat and threw it onto the plate. But for a second time, Ayasi reached out and grabbed the fat. When this happened for a third time, the two sisters grew suspicious. We have a visitor. Yes, said the first. <gasps> and the second sister picked up the big stick that they used for stoking the fire and began to poke it around in the darkness. <gasps> but Ayasi was very nimble of foot and he managed to dodge the stick as it was shoved one way and then the other. <sighs> Sisters began to scramble around, growing hungrier and more excited. <laughs> A visitor, we will catch them, we will eat them. <laughs> and Ayasi unwrapped a blanket that was wrapped around his shoulders and he threw it over towards the door, which gave the impression that whoever was in the house was trying to run out the door. And the two ogresses, they leapt up. And they fell upon the blanket and they took the sharp points on their elbows and they began to stab at it. But what they couldn't see in their blindness was that it wasn't a stranger they stabbed, but each other. <gasps> and soon they both lay there dead. And I asked over to their bodies and he looked down and he saw that all the life in them had gone and he took their bodies outside and he took his knife and he chopped their bodies into hundreds of pieces and by this time it was almost dark dusk and he picked up all those pieces and he looked at all the bones of those brothers and aunts and uncles and cousins that would never return home. And he whispered over those pieces, 
a magic incantation. And then he threw them up into the air. And each piece sprouted little fluttery wings with a little furry body. And they flew out into the darkness, creating the very first bats. The great, 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 great grandparents of the bats that we know today. I don't, I never meet anyone like that. <laughs> no, they were pretty scary, weren't they? Yeah. I'm just trying to get your, um, your little bat cape back on again. You know what, bat lamb, I think you must be growing because the last few times you keep kind of coming out of your, your bat cape. Maybe it's too small for you. <gasps> yeah, because I'm growing into a big lamb. One day it'll be a sheep. You will. You'll be a grown-up sheep bat lamb. But maybe not for a long time yet. Yeah, maybe not for a long time yet. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to be part of our podcasts, you can join the Bat Cave or support us by purchasing books and audios from our website, www.imagined-worlds.net.